It's the Kim Munson Show, analyzing the most important stories. Socialization of transportation, education, energy, housing, and water. What it means is, is that government controls it through rules and regulations. The latest in politics and world affairs. Under this guise of bipartisanship and nonpartisanship, it's actually tapped down the truth. Today's current opinions and ideas. On an equal field in the battle of ideas, mistruths or misconceptions, and it is getting us into to a world of hurt. Is it freedom or is it force? Let's have a conversation. Indeed, let's have a conversation. And welcome to the Kim Munson Show. I am Kim Munson. Thank you to each of you for listening. It is a Monday. Uh, remember, each of you, you're valued, you're treasured. Today, live with intention, strive for excellence, and take care of your heart, your soul, your mind, and your body. And thank you to producer Steve, Zach, Patty, Keith, and Charlie for all of their support and good work, and the people here at Crawford Broadcasting as well. Producer Steve, happy Monday. Jeez, you just, you just <laughs> got to go here every Monday. I, any other day of the week, I could, you know, take that. Rally. Monday. <laughs> Well, it is important work that we are doing here, independent voices looking for truth and clarity, and we'd love to have you join us in our mission to support us and uh, freedom of speech. You can go to Kim Munson, that's M-O-N-S-O-N dot com to contribute, and while you're there at the website, you will see that we have recaps and podcasts of all of our shows, and then we have our most recent Sounding Off with Kim Munson podcasts our recent op-eds, so be sure and check that out as well. And sign up for our weekly newsletter. You will get first look at all of the upcoming guests as well as our most um, recent podcast and our most recent op-eds there. And you can email me at Kim at KimMunson.com as well. We've got a great show planned for you today. We're going to go through some headlines. We'll talk with Jason McBride at the bottom of the hour. He is a senior VP with Presidential Wealth Management. I want to get his uh, take on what's going on with this whole GameStop thing. It is absolutely fascinating. And then we'll be talking with uh, Robert L. Woodson Sr. in segments three and four. He is a veteran of the civil rights movement, founder and president of the Woodson Center, and author most recently of Lessons from the Least of These, The Woodson Principles. And he had a, he co-authored a recent piece in the Wall Street Journal, uh, and it's how the left hijacked civil rights. It says, for centuries, black Americans debated on how to overcome racism but they always emphasized human agency and individual responsibility. So you're not going to want to miss that conversation. That'll be in the segments three and four. My friends, as we look at these issues, we look at them as freedom versus force, force versus freedom. Socialism ultimately comes down to force, and it's never compassionate to take other people's rights, their property, their freedom, or their livelihood via force, whether with a weapon, policy, unpredictable and excessive taxation, or fear. If something is a good idea, you should not need to use force to implement it, Producer Steve. My, my first thought in all those things that you listed off is this current flap over how many masks you should wear. As you know, the, the East Coast is being, the north, Northeast is being pounded by a lot of snow. And again, the creative people who make the memes, they have <laughs> some officials standing there telling you how many uh, face mask your your snowmen should have and how f- they make sure that they're standing six <laughs> feet apart oh i love americans they have such a great sense of humor um let's go to our quote here as i mentioned robert l woodson was is an american civil rights activist community development leader 
author and founder of the Woodson Center. And the Woodson Center is a nonprofit, nonpartisan research and demonstration organization that supports neighborhood-based initiatives to revitalize low-income communities. In February 2020, Woodson launched the Center's 1776 Unites campaign to counter the 1619 Project. And he was born in 1937. It looks like Biden is uh, working to disband um, President Trump's uh, 1776 uh, project. And so I'll be interested to hear what Bob has to say regarding what he's doing. Uh, but this is uh, this is the quote. He said, there is nothing more injurious to a people than conveying the notion that they don't have control over their own destiny that somehow white America determines your future. Uh, he is right on the um, tip of the spear on this whole collectivism, uh, putting people in groups and then trying to take from one group to another, um, uh, pulled one group, tapped down another. But what happens in that, Steve, is the people that are in the group, uh, then uh, it's you kind of wonder how you're going to get to the top of the, the heap there when you're in a group, when instead of... Judging people on the content of their their character, hard work, honesty, that somehow the whole judgment comes in with how you fit into that group. And that is uh, totally antithetical to the American idea, Steve. Well, thanks to uh, the 44th president and his policies on division and his activities in creating division. I'm wondering here when I look at that quote that that fear of not having control over your own destiny has kind of gone to all people, you know, everybody. I think everybody has, a, a, you know, an eroding fear that they're they're basically losing control of their, their destiny, their future. Uh, you know, I'm about to go through a major milestone in life, and you want to think that all your, your ducks are in a row and that you plan properly, but, man, there's some things out there that really make you scratch your head. Well, you know, and one of those things that people should be really concerned about, and, you know, I, I've... I think that uh, the collectivist, oh, with this new, this great reset, uh, I wouldn't call it a great reset, but those that are trying to move this to global collectivism, uh, they they are really um, kind of betting on the fact that most everyday people, they want to follow the rules, they want to just uh, take care of their own lives, they want government to be out of the way. And uh, I think that people have, have because of that, it has allowed the those that really want to take away freedoms, that want to move to this whole collectivism, uh, putting people in groups, people have been kind of quiet about that. And I think that we need to really be engaging in conversation about these freedoms that are so near and dear to us. And one of those is is, is the fact that people can work hard and control their own destiny. Now, what we've seen with this uh, reaction to the COVID-19 Wuhan virus, China virus reaction disruption, is that uh, there's been a real assault on small to mid-sized businesses. And people that may be working for larger businesses or beyond pensions uh, have not felt the hurt like these small businesses where people are have been mortgaging their homes and depleting their savings just to stay alive, just to get into where they can get opened up again. But what I think people don't realize, particularly those people that might be on pensions and Social Security, 
is that there is another great theft that is going on right now with this printing of money. And that is, is inflation. And that'll be the reduction of your buying power. So it's a, a very silent, um, a very silent thief, if you will, Steve. And that's why everybody needs to be concerned about the policies of what's going on. Uh, but a lot of people don't think about it, Steve. Well, they don't think about it. And uh, the phrase that you used just now, uh, you know, they're not thinking about it or they, they don't understand it. Uh, well, those two things go together are, are just basically a poison. And you know, you've got to become informed and you've got to be aware of what's going on around you. Well, and so Biden is talking about this big, quote unquote, stimulus package, which, quite frankly, it, it, when you take a look at these stimulus packages and what's been proposed, particularly by the the Democrats, uh, they, there's money going to places that do not help everyday Americans. And what we have seen as we followed some of the money trail is that some of this money that might go to a foreign entity, much of that then people take their cut as the money goes by and it comes back to politicians that make those decisions instead of helping everyday people. And when you look at the amount of money that uh, is going to be coming back to Americans, I think they're trying to work towards a universal-based income. But there's no there's no way people can thrive and prosper on a money that's being taken from one person and given to another. At some point in time, once you start to hurt um, the productive class, the productive class doesn't produce as much. And um, so you have to understand that it's important that each and every one of us engage in this battle of ideas that is raging in America right now. And it, you may feel fat and happy because you have not lost your job or you're working from home or you're on a pension or you're on Social Security. But there is a very, very, uh, in a way, loud, you can see the policies that they're trying to put through, but it's a very insidious way to steal your money, and that is through inflation, Steve. Last year, I guess, uh, only because I, the previous year, uh, tax year would have been 20, 2018 again, I took a beating uh, trying to use the automated tax uh, things that you can download to your computer. Um, I won't name the any of the vendors, but um, I decided last year for, for 20 or 2019, to use uh, an accountant who specializes it, and he did an awesome job. But I got a letter from him just uh, Friday, I think it was, getting ready for the next tax uh, season that's that's upon us, but pointing out several things, like, for example, in the CARES Act, that are going to impact your 2020 taxes. And if you didn't know about it, if you weren't following along really, really close or know where to look, you would uh, you would be harmed by it all. Oh, anything in particular you can share? Oh, I wish I would have brought brought the letter with me. Maybe I'll bring the letter and and actually tick off a couple things tomorrow. Okay. If you want to do that. But uh, when I put the letter down, it's like, this is the value in in working with somebody who really knows, you know, the ropes. And I I, I was just so appreciated of uh, him taking the trouble to send that letter. Well, and... uh, now that uh, now that uh, Joe Biden has been inaugurated as president, you can see that all of the establishment, all of the swamp in uh, Washington on both sides of the aisle is like, OK, now let's get back to 
normal. And that's where we're fleecing everyday, hardworking Americans, no matter what your descriptor is. And uh, we can get back to fleecing them by telling them that we're doing something for them. Um, and well, that, That's an excellent point. I'm glad you brought that up. Uh, everyone. In, in what they're uttering in the, in the phraseology that they use makes this this tone about going back to normal and that these last four years were somehow injurious to us. It's like, wait a minute. Uh, you, you've got it backwards. You really do. And especially over the weekend, I you uh, provided me with that 50-page document of all of Trump's accomplishments, which I attempted to go through. It is deep. It is incredibly deep. And I just, again, how many Americans realized that was actually happening well and yeah and, and any other well i'm not sure that any other president the mainstream media the media uh, should honestly be reporting this but the guy could never get any kind of a uh, an, an attaboy on anything and um let's just go through just a few here this was before the coronavirus so this is trump's accomplishments says jobs jobs have been recovered 23 times faster than the previous administration's recovery. And oh this was after the uh, blanket lockdowns. Unemployment fell to 6.7% in December from a pandemic peak of 14.7% in April, beating expectations as well over 10% unemployment through the end of 2020. And under the previous administration, <clears throat> it took 49 months for the unemployment rate to fall from 10% to under seven percent compared to just three months for the Trump administration, and you can you can see why people say I'd like more of of that Trump um, prosperity. And uh, now that uh, again you see all of the swamp on both sides of the aisle, say, oh, great, it's time that we're getting back to uh, to their normal. But I don't think that we can put the I don't think they can put the genie back in the bottle. Everyday Americans. Again, no matter what the descriptor is, have realized that prosperity and and our own destiny is within our reach, and that's why we have to re, uh, engage in this battle of ideas with our friends, our family, our colleagues, and our children. Uh, and as we've seen the disruption in education, we've seen what the agenda is. There's only a certain amount of hours in a school day, my friends, and we have to decide how do we, what do we want our kids, what do we want them to be taught. Our our kids have. Um, have lost uh, ground as far as our standing in the world regarding education. And I think it's because we've not focused on the things that help kids be successful. And um, we need to remember there's only a certain amount of hours in the day, and we need to be active on how those hours are being used. We're going to go to break. Before we do that, though, Hooters Restaurants is a great partner of mine. They have five locations in the metro area. That's uh, Lone Tree, Loveland, Westminster, Colorado Springs, and Aurora. And they have all kinds of specials, lunch, lunch specials. And one of the things on their lunch special menu is fish and chips. And I tell you what, Steve, they are delicious. So be sure and check out HootersColorado.com. That's HootersColorado.com. We're going to go to break. When we come back, some more headlines. We'll ask Jason McBride about GameStop at the bottom of the hour. And then we'll talk with Robert L. Woodson Sr., uh, who is the founder of the Woodson Center. Stay tuned. Recently, rates in the mortgage market have hit near record lows. Lauren Levy with Polygon Financial notes that the COVID-19 Wuhan virus disruption has created potential opportunities to refinance your mortgage that could save you thousands of dollars. And for those senior listeners who may be looking for another source of income, exploring a reverse mortgage with Lauren Levy may be a solution. 
With over 17 years in the mortgage industry, Lauren Levy has the experience to answer your questions. Call Lauren Levy at 303-880-8881. That's 303-880-8881 for a mortgage checkup today. All of Kim's sponsors are an inclusive partnership with Kim and are not affiliated with or in partnership with KLZ or Crawford Broadcasting. If you would like to support the work of the Kim Munson Show and grow your business, contact Kim at her website, KimMunson.com. That's Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. And welcome back to the Kim Munson Show. I am Kim Munson. Be sure and check out our website. That's Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. Sign up for our weekly newsletter there. You'll get first look at all of our upcoming guests, as well as our most recent podcasts and our most recent op-eds, and sign up for our weekly newsletter there as well. I think I'll go to, this is a piece, it was in altmarket.us. It says, conservatives must now draw a line in the sand and stop the Great Reset. This is by Brandon Smith. And he said there are many millions of Americans today in post in the post-election environment that feel uneasy about the fate of the country, given the rise of a Biden presidency. He says, and though I understand why this tension exists, I want to offer a possible silver lining, a different way of looking at the situation. And he says, with Biden in the White House, there is no longer any ambiguity about what conservatives and some of the more courageous moderates need to do and need to accomplish. Now we know where we stand, and now the stakes are clear. And he says, with Trump in office, a lot of liberty-minded people became a little too comfortable to the point that they became that they were inactive. And they actually believe the system could be repaired and corruption ended from within and without much effort on our part beyond our votes. Trump made many conservatives lazy. Okay, Steve, I, I want to stop there. I agree with him on several things. Silver lining, yes. I think that uh, I've said it many times, the veil is off now. We understand what what we're up against. I recall many times when I was talking with people or I would see people that might uh, talk about coexisting. Uh, but I had this underlying feeling that they didn't want everybody to coexist, that they actually wanted to use that to um, push forward um, really more this collectivist agenda. But I couldn't put my finger on it because they said coexist, but their actions weren't coexist. And then I realized that America is the great place for coexisting. It's a place where people have come from all over the world. And because of individual rights, property rights, everyday people have been able to thrive and prosper. I've gone by, uh, there is a uh, little Thai restaurant that I drive by on a regular basis. And it breaks my heart as I see that uh, the lights are off, the chairs are up on the tables, and it's no longer open. And in my mind, I've thought about, well, this is probably some immigrants that came from uh, Southeast Asia, and they opened a, a restaurant that a year ago was thriving and prospering. And because of the reaction, this overreaction uh, to the uh, COVID-19 Wuhan China virus uh, and the disruption that it has uh, caused for the economy, this little, these people no longer have their dream. And, um, and it's not because they couldn't make a go of it. It is because of government policy by these health agencies. And, um, we now, I think the thing that, that I'm really grateful for is 
the veil is off. We understand these people that say that they care about everyday people don't. And so we need to get our brains around these issues, talk about these examples, and really, um, really protect this, this American idea, Steve. Well, I'm trying to think of why do I keep why do I keep going back to the 44th president and his administration? I guess it's a good illustration. Which one of his uh, uh, <laughs> companions, uh, either Rahm Emanuel or Eric Holder, said, "Never let a good crisis go to waste." And you think, well, could they possibly employ that mental that attitude over something like this virus? And I think the answer is yes, they could, and they did. And uh, there's a, a lot of um, a lot of examples of the overreaction and just the disregard for everyday people. I wanted to make a note about Colorado. Uh, I think that many people have felt that Colorado, because maybe of Tabor, which has worked to try to keep uh, state spending at least somewhat in check. But what we're seeing is 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 then what they're doing is they're looking to the feds to bail out all the most all of these blue democrat governors and blue um, mayors have basically uh, are looking to the fed to print more money to bail their bad decisions out and once again we we connect that dot that creates inflation and that is a silent stealer of uh, of people's money and uh, colorado had typically been reported to be in the top 10 economies in the United States, but we're starting to see these policies kick in, and uh, the inf- the uh, unemployment rate in Colorado is now a little over eight percent, and uh, that has gone up. And again, because of these policies, you cannot create jobs out of thin air with government policy. And then I want to get back up then to another one of these uh, pieces here. I didn't write here. We go, and that is is just the cruelty of Biden's policies, of what he's done to try to kill the oil and gas industry. And uh, people may say, well, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm not really, I don't really realize that, or I don't really think about the fact that um, the oil and gas industry is really being uh, attacked right now. But what will happen is uh, we will no longer have affordable and reliable and efficient and responsible energy. And with these policies to put more and more cars on the electric grid, make us dependent on the electric grid, uh, Biden, I think just uh, either it was an executive order to reverse Trump's uh, actions to keep China out of our electrical grid. You have to wonder what's going on. I was trying to find these different jobs here, though, that uh, when they're talking about uh, these great new jobs that you can find in the solar or in the um, if you've been in the oil and gas industry, moving over to the solar industry, almost all of the companies are uh, based in, um, are, are manufactured in China, Steve. Yeah, I went through that I, list. I just, uh, she had, uh, oh, maybe, what, 10, 11 uh, different yeah. uh, manufacturers. And then the country of, or- or country of origin, the country where they, they do business, it's, it's in China. It is. It says... Um, Let's see. White House climate czar John Kerry followed up on Biden's action, assuring energy workers they could always get new jobs manufacturing solar panels. Where? Where exactly in Colorado or anywhere in the U.S. can an energy worker who makes $79,000 a year find available good-paying jobs making solar panels? 
Here you go. The top solar panel manufacturers, Longi Solar China, Jinko Solar China, JA Solar China, Trina Solar China, Canadian Solar Canada, Hanwha QCell South Korea, Risen Energy China, Astro Energy China, First Solar USA, SunTech China. Says this doesn't look promising. What if Americans don't want to move to China to make panels for next to nothing wages? When buy when Biden has finished caving to the extreme environmental wing of the Democrat Party and his friends in the Chinese Communist Party, it would be really great if we would start doing something for Americans, like saving jobs. Okay, there, and I guess this was from Lauren Boebert. Good for her for bringing shedding light on that. That's one of the reasons why they're going after her, is she's shedding light on a lot of the stuff that's going on. But I'd like to have a little light uh, shed on this whole GameStop thing. Jason McBride, Senior VP, Presidential Wealth Management. This has been fascinating to watch. Uh, what's the latest that you see on that? Well, I've seen a little. I have to mention, Kim, that you forgot to mention another uh, large, prominent solar panel manufacturer based here in the USA, and that's Solyndra. Oh, wait. Oh, right. They're not in business anymore. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. My mistake. Yes, that's right. Uh, under the Obama administration, they got um, millions and millions of taxpayer dollars. And my understanding is they had really fancy digs like showers in their uh, their offices and spent, spent your money like, um, never mind, I didn't want to offend a drunken sailor. Anyway, uh, and then they went out of business. And, it, and once again, because they were subsidized by the government. They did not have to respond to market forces, uh, Jason. Yeah, well, that's that's what happens when you're spending other people's money with very few strings attached and very little accountability, Kim. Mm -hmm. And that's why as being in charge of your own money is important instead of letting the swamp, who, man, they're really excited to get back to normal, Jason, so a couple of things. The market um, got hit on Friday. Any any thoughts on why? Well, uh, you know, they seem to be connecting the market being down with what's going on with some of these short squeeze stocks, and I don't see where there's a big connection unless they're trying to say these guys are have to liquidate uh, other holdings to come up with the money to cover these shorts, which. Uh, you know, that sounds a little bit thin to me. So <clears throat> I think it's a combination of prices being a little bit high. Uh, we're getting earnings coming out that are better than expected, but maybe not as better as some folks were hoping. And, and, and yes, I do believe some realization that uh, higher taxes and in all likelihood higher regulations are not conducive uh, to a strongly growing economy, which is usually what you want to have to, uh, you know, keep a stock market moving higher. So it could be uh, Biden adjustments in people taking profits on their holdings. Well, and that's one of the things that we have talked about is that people may want to consider uh, taking some of these profits with the market at a high and uh, and have a plan. And I would recommend people give you a call and talk about this because, um we we're, we may be seeing the effects of a Biden administration and what that's going to do to many of these businesses. Uh, just one other quick thing uh, on this, Jason. 
Uh, the Federalist reported that Treasury Secret- Secretary Janet Yellen won't recuse on the GameStop uh, issue despite getting almost a million dollars from Citadel. And Citadel was, uh, uh, I think, one of these hedge funds that uh, I think was maybe playing one of these shorts. And she had received an 810000 uh, fee, I think, for speaking at uh, the Citadel um, hedge fund business. And it looks like she, I mean, it seems to me like she should probably recuse herself on any of the things going on with that right now because uh, it looks like she has a relationship with some of these big hedge funds. What's your thoughts? Well, uh, that would be the prudent course of action, but uh, I think it's highly unlikely uh, you'll see that happen. It seems like only uh, you know Republicans that have very little spine will recuse themselves at the uh, first <laughs> sign of trouble to try to appease uh, you know the Democrats, which usually just ends up getting you uh, beaten up even worse. Yeah, we've seen that act before. So, okay, Jason McBride, I'd recommend it's Monday morning. People need to roll up their sleeves and really take a look at these policies coming down the pike and uh, work on their own economic plan. And how can people reach you to do that? Uh, Kim, easy way. Just give us a call, 303-694-1600. That's 303-694-1600. Okay, Jason, happy Monday. We'll talk to you tomorrow. All right, Kim, you have a great show. Okay, thanks so much, and we'll be right back with Robert L. Woodson, Sr. Karen Levine has over 30 years in the real estate industry. The reaction to the COVID-19 Wuhan virus is presenting unprecedented and unpredictable opportunities and challenges in buying or selling your home. That is why you need to work with award-winning realtor Karen Levine. Karen Levine comes highly recommended by Kim Munson. Call award-winning realtor Karen Levine today at 303-877-7516. Karen's expertise will help guide you through this crazy real estate market. Call Karen Levine at 303-877-7516 today. You'd like to get in touch with one of Kim Munson's sponsors, but you can't recall their phone number. Find a full list of advertising partners on Kim's website, KimMunson.com. That's Kim, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. And welcome back to the Kim Munson Show. I'm Kim Munson. Be sure and check out our website. That's Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. Sign up for our weekly newsletter there, and you'll get first look at all of our upcoming guests, our most recent podcasts and op-eds, and you can email me at Kim at KimMunson.com as well. I am so honored to have on the line with me Robert L. Woodson Sr. He's a veteran of the Civil Rights Movement and founder and president of the Woodson Center and author most recently of Lessons from the Least of These, The Woodson Principles. And we'll talk with him about that in the next segment. But he recently co-authored a piece in the Wall Street Journal about how the left hijacked civil rights. And he says, for centuries, black Americans debated how to overcome racism, but they always emphasize human agency and individual responsibility. Uh, Robert L. Woodson Sr., welcome to the show. Please be here. Enjoy. Uh, I I am honored to have you on the show. I've uh, watched you on many national interviews, and we've had you on before. But uh, we hear the term racism, racism all the time. And it seems to me, Bob, if the only thing that people can see about a person is the color of their skin, that seems racist to me. And I'm so concerned about what's happening in our country right now. What's your thoughts? 
well, I think it really has been weaponized by radicals on the left to, as a means uh, to really denigrate and undermine our civic institutions. Uh, but they don't really care about the plight of black America, whether there's justice. They're just using it uh, to separate us, to promote the kind of continued tribalism that, and, and that was expressed uh, clearly in that 1619 project a year ago when a, a group of black journalists at the, the New York Times published a series of essays, and, and in it they said that America's birth date should start with 1619, the, the time when 20 black African slaves arrived on our shores and not 1776, and that America should be uh, is founded on racism. And, you know, they just go on and on. And, and so, uh, so they... They're really trying to separate us, and we're, we're pushing back, though. And how are you pushing back, Bob? Well, first of all, since they use black messengers uh, in hijacking the civil rights movement, we've assembled a group of uh, blacks, uh, 23-plus black scholars and activists um, to defend uh, 1776. We are not offering a counter-argument, but a counter-narrative. We have a published be published in June, a series of about 23 essays that, that defines America not by its, solely by its birth defect of slavery, but America is as, as a country of redemption, of second chances. And so we, in our, in our essays, we challenge uh, uh, some of the basic propositions in 1619 that the problems facing large segments of black America today, out of wedlock versus violence, is associated with a legacy of slavery and discrimination. Well, that is just not true. And so we offer uh, evidence in our essays that are well documented that when that, that black America, uh, we had some blacks who were born slaves who died millionaires and using the the instruments of our free enterprise system actually went back and purchased the plantations on which they were slaves. <laughs> and, and we give other examples of, of, of resilience that, that no, uh, no one should be defined by the worst of what they were in their youth. And America is, that's why people of color from are coming from all over the world to get here because of the, of the virtues and values of this country, and so um, we, so we, we've gotten an excellent response. Uh, we're developing school curriculum so children can learn accurate history, not revised history that is coming from the left. How will how can you get that into public schools? I'm very concerned about public education, and my dad always said to me that we each have 24 hours in a day. And we make the decision on what we do with those 24 hours. We're responsible for that. And, of course, the choices that you make can affect success or not. And, of course, other things happen in there as well. But I think I think Thomas Jefferson said, the harder I work, the luckier I get. But I'm concerned about the school day. With that, Out here in Colorado, the curriculum, uh, there's a very kind of radical sex uh, education agenda. And... 
there's, again, my point is only certain amount of hours in the day. How do we make sure that our kids are being taught things that um, create people of good character and give them the tools that when they work hard, they become successful with this agenda that is occurring in public education? Well, that's why, but it's it's not enough to us to condemn what, what the other side is doing. We must provide alternative content. So that's why 1776, uh-huh. the project that I have, we've developed, we released about a month ago, we released our first three just, uh, uh, lessons, uh, an alternative 1776 lessons, and within three days we had 5,000 downloads. Uh, that's how th- hungry people are for alternatives. And uh, 1619 had 4,500 in the course of a year, but we had 5,000, 6,000 in a matter of days. And we're getting calls every day from school boards, civic organizations. And so we're raising funds so we can really saturate the the society with our uh, correct um, um, uh, curriculum. It's going. We've 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 released three three grades, and we're going to go K through twelve. So we're excited about this, um, and they can go. Your your listeners can go on our website to see our curriculum, and it's seventeen seventy six unites dot com seventeen seventy six unites dot com, and they can read a lot of the essays that we have posted there, and they can become acquainted with how they can support. The, the, the spreading of this alternative curriculum that tells the accurate story of America's founding. Uh, so, but we're excited about it. Oh, I find it very exciting, Bob. Now, the president had also had a 1776 project. Were you working together with him? or Because or, I, I think you, um, you know him, right? President Trump. Yes, I do. But they had a, for four months, the government started the 1776 Commission. They, we were not involved in it. Um, I was disappointed that they waited four months uh, before the election uh, to, to, to get involved. And so we've pretty much wanted to keep ours private. Um, okay. I like that. So we, I we, like that. We, keep, we kept ours private because we... We don't. We have more than just conservatives on it. We have some people who are sensible progressives who believe in the founding principles of the country, and they have joined us as well. Um, and, I, I, and so, because I, I'm looking so we, at the site right now, and uh, it's very exciting. Yeah, and and uh, I. We now sixteen nineteen of course has the backing of big corporations. They got millions of dollars. They were able to take out, uh, do a commercial at Super Bowl and and whatnot. So this is a real David and Goliath fight that we have. But I remember who won that 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 fight. <laughs> yes, and Bob wasn't why I cannot understand why uh, American corporations, heads of American corporations that have benefited from the American idea are now out there actively funding uh, different organizations that want to tear down the American idea, the idea that all men are created equal uh, by God with these rights of life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness. I can't quite figure out why these corporate heads of these corporations wouldn't be 
really promoting that. Instead, they're they're promoting this division. It's a subjective question, but why do you think that's going on? I wish I knew, but Lenin spoke to that. He even said that the industrialists will even fund their demise. (laughs) (laughs) Hmm. You know? Uh, That is... they will. They, 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 you know, people are trying to uh, virtue signal, and they think they can buy, uh, buy, uh, uh, you know, virtue on issues of race. But I really, my, my hope and pray that white Americans will experience racial fatigue and begin to push back without fear being called a racist. Right now, and if you want to make something toxic. If you someone disagrees, they just call them a racist, and they'll just back off. Well, some people need to summon the courage to 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 challenge some of these people who are say, using race, um, but they're using it as a bludgeon. They're using it as it's because the very values that explain uh, Black Americans' ability to survive slavery, we did so because of the strong Judeo-Christian values that we followed, our faith in Christ, um, our strong families. And, and the left was saying that a lot of the destruction that you're seeing in black America is due to slavery. It's not true, because in one of our essays, we document the fact that between 1930 and 1940, the years of the Depression, when the unemployment rate in, in white America, all of America was 24%, was 40% in the black community, and racism was enshrined in law, and we had no political representation, black Americans had the highest marriage rate of any group in the country. Two-parent households, and that's what, it was our faith and our families that insulated us from some of the most harshest conditions that we were facing doing eras of Jim Crow. Uh, when we were denied access to hotels, we built our own. We built our own medical schools. Blacks owned the railroad at one point that we built and, and financed. All of this was self-financing. And so it is only in America, with, uh, we're the only country on the face of the earth that had an Emancipation Proclamation and fought a war to end slavery. No place in the world has that happened. I know. I know. And it's so amazing to me that we get the bad rap on this whole slavery thing, because slavery was prevalent throughout the world, and there is still slavery in the world. It seems to me that if people were really uh, serious about getting rid of slavery, that we would be working together to get rid of slavery throughout the world instead of tearing down the one country where a tremendous amount of blood and treasure was was spent to get rid of uh, slavery. Uh, one other quick question before we go to break, and then I want to uh, talk about your book, uh, Bob Woodson, is when somebody accuses someone else of being a racist, uh, the response of I'm not a racist seems to be on the defensive and is not effective. What would you recommend people say when they are accused of being a, a racist? Just tell them, you know, that that what is the substance of it? What does that mean? Make them explain to you what, what do you mean when you say I'm a racist? Tell me what tell me what that means. And when you're saying that you're not racist, how how does how does not being a racist improve the lives of someone else? 
You see, what, okay. what I think we need to do is pose a condition to say, okay, what are the most challenging conditions that we face today? Tell me how ending racism will affect or improve the lot of people. Well, and I really think that the the big problem came with uh, LBJ during the um, Great Society, where basically he came to women and, and men and said, basically, the government will take care of you and your children. And this is no matter what color, because it happens in, across the spectrum if there's no man in the house. And that was really became uh, where men... We're not, we're, did not have to be as responsible for children. And it really, I think, decimated relationships, again, not only in the black community, but across the spectrum here in America. And, and yet LBJ, they talk about the civil rights movement there. And, uh, Eisenhower, there was actually a civil rights movement of 1957 that a lot of people don't even know about, Bob. And that's why Nixon was so popular in the black community when he ran against Kennedy. He uh, carried uh, large areas. He, he got a 40% of the black vote in DeKalb County, Georgia, because he was Eisenhower's point man on civil rights. Well, and a lot of people don't know that. Uh, let's go to break, Bob. And when we come back, I'd like to talk about your most recent book. This is Kim Munson. I'm talking with Robert L. Woodson Sr., who is the founder of the Woodson Center. And we've been talking about his 1776 Unites uh, project. And you can find that at 7076unites.com. Before we go to break, uh, Castlegate Knife and Tool is a great partner of mine. They are located right here in Sedalia, Colorado. Uh, they uh, have knives from the best blade makers from throughout the world. So whether or not you're a collector or you're a sportsman or a chef, uh, Castlegate Knife and Tool is the place for you. Be sure and check them out at castlegate.com. That's castlegate.com. We're going to go to break. We'll continue the conversation with uh, Robert L. Woodson Sr. Stay tuned. Predovich and Company understands that the COVID-19 Wuhan virus disruption has individuals and businesses scratching their heads with a variety of bookkeeping, tax planning, and accounting questions. Predovich and Company knows that you need trusted professionals to help you navigate these choppy waters. Kim Munson highly recommends Predovich and Company. Because of their advanced technological capabilities, Predovich and Company can help clients anywhere in the United States. Call Predovich and Company at 303-791-3000 to organize your personal and business finances. Call 303-791-3000 today. Now more than ever, it is important to have independent voices bringing truth and clarity to the issues facing us, our families, our communities, our state, our nation, and our world. The Kim Munson Show is one of those important voices. Kim is a truly independent entrepreneur. She purchases her broadcast time, which gives her total freedom in production of the show and scheduling of guests. If you'd like to support The Kim Munson Show, go to her website, KimMunson.com and click on the Contribute button under Kim's picture. Kim greatly appreciates your help and support. And welcome back to the Kim Munson Show. I am Kim Munson. Be sure and check out our website. That's Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N dot com. Sign up for our weekly newsletter there. And you can email me at Kim at Kim Munson dot com as well. On the line with me is Robert L. Woodson, Sr. He is a veteran of the Civil Rights Movement and founder and president of the Woodson Center. And he's an author. Most recently, Lessons from the Least of These, The Woodson Principles. Uh, Bob, this sounds like a really important book. Uh, tell us about it. 
Well, what I did was uh, for the past 40 years that I've run the, the Woodson Center, I've had the pleasure of working for and uh, among some of the most creative low-income grassroots leaders in the country from all races and ethnicities. And I've learned some valuable uh, wisdom from watching them in their process of redemption and transformation as they transform and redeem themselves and then use their experience as a witness to redeem others. I've distilled the lessons I've learned from them into 10 principles that I uh, describe in the book. Uh, And each uh, chapter, 10 chapters, takes one principle and goes into great depth. And I give examples of those principles in action uh, based upon and telling stories of, of some grassroots uh, uh, leaders. But in the, uh, in the introduction, I go into to why we got into this mess that we're in. As you were saying earlier, in the black communities is often used as a moral barometer of the country. And so, but even in the black community, despite all of these problems, up until 1965, 85% of all black families had a man and a woman raising children until the left decided with Lyndon Johnson and others to separate work from income. And that's when the, all of the problems uh, began to occur. Uh, and, I, and I document this, how separating of work from income made the fathers redundant. There was an assault on the nuclear family and that is the cause of the, 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 the large-scale problems we have today. But I talk positively about the principles of, of, of self-development, self-responsibility. Resilience is one of the principles. Radical grace uh, is another principle. But the main, the main thrust of the book is when you go into a low-income communities. Don't just see broken sidewalks and boarded up homes. Look for healing agents, uh, people who are in poverty but not of poverty, and uh, raising children that are not dropping out of school or in jail and drugs. These are your healing agents. And so if you go in with the intent of helping people there, don't parachute in your remedies. First find out who is already in that community who is working and then establish a working relationship so that you provide the tools for individuals and communities to become agents of their own uplift. So when you leave, they will be self-sufficient. So that's kind of the message. I give other principles. But Bob, what I see is a difference in policy. Uh, The policies of President Trump over the last four years, as I look at accomplishments, uh, black home ownership had gone from 41% up to about 46%. Uh, Unemployment in the black, Hispanic, and um, communities, as well as women, were at lows. And it seems like... uh, as we look at the the swamp as now wanting to get back into the policies of old, where in essence they were holding individual blacks and Hispanics, women, everybody across the spectrum down. They want to get back to that where they're holding them down, telling them that they're helping them. But we've seen a light in this country, and I don't think that fire can be put out, Bob. No, I don't think so either. We, we still have Trumpism without Trump. 
I think some of the principles, that's why 18% of black men voted for uh, president. He had the largest uh, black turnout since Nixon and uh, supporting him. And, and, but also, uh, if you look at 2018 in, in the gubernatorial race between Republican DeSante in Florida and Gillum, the mayor of Tampa, uh, the Santes won by 32,000 votes, and that's because 100,000 low-income black voted for DeSantis because of his position on choice and education. And and Gillum brought in to campaign for him former President Barack Obama and Oprah Winfrey. So 100,000 low-income black parents voted the interests of their children above race. And that I think Republicans made too little of that breakthrough. And I think when you offer those communities concrete proposals that have the consequence of, of, of promoting uplift, then people will vote. But I, I, I don't see much discussed about that. Okay, I think you're right. I think that's important. And, and let's just talk about Georgia just a little bit. Stacey Abrams, what's your comments about that? Because typically Georgia had been a state that had been uh, more Republican. And Republicans, there's big big government Republicans that are not, uh, that like the swamp as well. So I, I want to make sure that we stay, say that. But I think it's from the grassroots that we have to, have to stand for this country, but what's your comments about Stacey Abrams? Well, I don't get into Stacey Abrams. I mean, she's just one uh, a, a political hack who who does what what she does. But I'm I'm more concerned that uh, of the confusion that existed within the Republican Party, where the president was going in after the 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 governor, and and you can't you can't you can't have that kind of conflict and confusion confusion when you're trying to uh, win an election. I, I just think that, that a lot of those divisions inside the conservative movement contributed to the, uh, to the losses in, in, in the House and the in Senate. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. We've got about a minute left, Bob Woodson. What is your final thought on that you'd like to leave with our listeners and where do we go from here? Well, first of all, I just think that don't for your listeners to know that if you, according to polls, 62 percent of black Americans do not believe they're being held back by racism. Eighty two percent of blacks are against defund the police. So your listeners should not believe that what you're hearing from the media and from some elites on the left in the black community, they do not represent the mainstream black America. What we're trying to do at the Woodson Center in 1776 is really give voice to the voiceless that people on the right and the left are failing. And, and that's why we're reaching out to low-income whites uh, and bringing them together with low-income blacks. They have more in common with one another than the elites on either side have. Oh, my gosh. You are doing such amazing work at the Woodson Center, Robert L. Woodson Sr., and the 1776 Unites. Thank you so much for joining us this morning. And thank you. Okay. And our quote for today is from Bob Woodson. And this is what he said. The virtues that the United States founding fathers, like Samuel Adams, championed, honesty, 
Hard work and perseverance are key to self-reliance. So my friends today, be grateful, read great books, think good thoughts, listen to beautiful music, communicate and listen well, live honestly and authentically, strive for high ideals, and like Superman, stand for truth, justice, and the American way. My friends, you are not alone. God bless you, and God bless America. <laughs>